Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim, and welcome to the season finale of The Backstage Show. This week on The Backstage Show, we're going to continue and conclude our discussion on rehearsals. Sorry, that just uh, <laughs> previously on the backstage show. <laughs> <laughs> and now, the conclusion. So last week we discussed blocking rehearsals, mostly. This week we'll discuss everything else. And there's a lot to cover, yes. so let's so, get right into it, shall let's we? Let's get started. So, so we talked a bit last week about character discussions, when it's yes. a good time to have them, and perhaps now we should get into more how to go about them and what to talk about. Yes, we kind of, as we said, talked about when is a good time to have them, and it's kind of any time when you can. And so basically what you do with character discussions is you discuss the character, <laughs> right? That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very astute observation, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean... Could a character discussion, this is what I've experimented with before, mm -hmm. uh, kind of maybe a more in-depth table read. Yeah. Where you kind of break down the scene a little bit more and talk about why people are doing certain things. Yeah. I mean, th there's discussion of motivations. There's discussion of what occurs, you know, between the lines outside of the script's purview and that sort of thing. You know, the, the stereotypical, what did my character have for breakfast sort of thing, which might be pushing it a little too far. Yeah, that seems a little trivial. I think yeah. I, I would focus it more on why That's is this happening? What, what, what is the character attempting to achieve? Why is this happening? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We like to milk jokes, running, don't running we? Running gag. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you could do it as a more in-depth read through where you stop at certain lines and go, okay, well, why is he doing this? Why is he saying that? That sort of thing. You could kind of give an overview. I've had directors assign writing bios for your character. Yeah, I've that done that. Not I think assigning that, it, but having yeah. to do a bio for a character. Yeah, I've been in the same same boat where I, it's been assigned to me, but never had it assigned. I, I'm usually, you know, like the guy back in high school who doesn't really do the assignment and then gets called on and makes it up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do that. you're the one. Yeah, that's kind of me. Well, I usually have a pretty good sense of what my character is, what his motivations are, and that sort of thing. I'm not too keen often on writing it down. Mm -hmm. um, so, kind of going on instinct more. Yeah. And that's kind of how I conduct a uh, character discussion rehearsal. If I am a director, it's like I'm not giving people assignments. I don't want to burden them with things that they're not already going to be doing. Yeah, I, I just, uh, when I've tried to do this, I just like to ask questions mm -hmm. of the actors. As far exactly. As what is your thought on why your character is doing this or that? And I just want to hear what they were thinking, mm -hmm. what their thought process is. Have you had actors that turn that around on you and give you the stereotypical, what's my motivation? I can't distinctly remember. I'm sure I have. Yeah, I've definitely, I've had almost that exact question. I, I, I'm sure there have been cases where a particular character doing something in a particular scene may not have been very clear as mm -hmm. far as what the playwright's intent was. And yeah. that is probably a good opportunity for an actor to ask that question. Yes. What's my motivation? Well, and as a director, whether you know that ahead of time 
or have to think it up on the spot. You have to be familiar enough with the characters in the script to be able to answer that. I don't know. (laughs) I think character discussion rehearsals are kind of the point where the tables turn a bit and you get to a situation where the actors start to learn more about their characters than the director already knows. That's that's my take on it. Because I believe when you're going into a rehearsal, when you're starting with that, that cold read-through, generally the director is going to know more about the show and more about the characters than any of the actors are. But by the time you open the show, it's my feeling that the actors should know more about their characters than the, than the director does. Well, I mean, realistically speaking, the individual actors will have more time to think about the exactly. of their character than the director will. Yeah, the director's looking more at the total picture and how the actors integrate with one another and how the whole show as a whole looks. Yeah, more within the context of the scenes in the plot mm-hmm. versus kind of what's the background of the characters that's informing those decisions. Yeah. And the other thing with the the character rehearsals is you'll also get like cross feedback. You'll get what other actors think about characters that they're not necessarily playing you'll just get that collaborative sort of overview of everything yeah just different ideas and Mm -hmm. there isn't always necessarily right or wrong answers to it either very rarely is i mean to me what's in the script there's your you know your rule book your dictionary your encyclopedia what have you your wikipedia (laughs) sorry going off on uh uh, metaphors there but (laughs) yeah and, and the only things that are provable are what's within the script. Everything else is kind of open to interpretation, at least to a certain extent. True, but it can be an opportunity for exchange of information and maybe possibly for people to come to an agreement upon how to play something. Yes. I, obviously, there are situations where you can go too far. You can't take a drama and decide that your character is a you know birthday party clown in his spare time (laughs) unless that fits the character like you can't go anywhere with it it's all implied by the script but it's not written in stone i collect stamps yes i maybe your character does collect stamps (laughs) maybe that's important to you for playing the character maybe it's important to know that you had cornflakes for breakfast that's really up to your own interpretation but the character rehearsals where you discuss that sort of yeah i think it can probably go a little bit too much not uh, critical detail yeah, to go that, to those levels. But I mean, I, I think that depends on the actors you're dealing with and what they're comfortable doing. I've had in my limited character discussion rehearsals where I'm not assigning stuff, I've still had actors that prefer to write out a bio and come with it and read stuff off a of paper because that's how they approach things. I just don't want to personally assign more work than I feel is necessary. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think whatever people's individual processes are that Mm-hmm. They want to work through. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, I, I don't feel like mandating everybody do something if it doesn't seem like it's valuable. Yeah. I think they it, it behooves them to know enough about their character to be able to answer questions and have an intelligent discussion about them. Right. But they don't necessarily need to like write things down and think over particular questions ahead of time and that kind of thing. If it if it's useful for the show, I might say, hey, think about this and this scene and that sort of thing. But overall, I prefer a, you know, going back to the organic term, I prefer a more organic character discussion than a specific prepared one. Yeah. And your comment earlier about what's my motivation, to me, that's the most important thing to get out of a character discussion as far as whether they're the one asking it or whether the director is asking uh, the actor, Mm -hmm. uh, understanding what everybody's motivations are within the context of the scenes and the overall story, I think, 
Absolutely. Is the thing that needs to have the most focus. Yeah. You've got to answer those why questions. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So after those character discussions, in addition to the blocking rehearsals, then you're kind of getting into the uh, technical elements. Um, We did discuss the actual tech week rehearsals back in episode 46. That's where really all of the tech comes together. That's when, yeah, that's the culmination of the uh, tech and tech rehearsal. But it's certainly advantageous before Tech Week happens if it's possible for actors to get used to working with certain props mm-hmm. or maybe even reacting to certain sound effects. Absolutely. Ahead of Lighting, time. Anything you can get ahead done ahead of time, I think, is helpful. Yeah. I mean, those are the kind of things I think that are most critical. Maybe if there's like a unique, I don't know, piece of costume or something mm-hmm. to work with. Like, I think a lot of this stuff... You need to get through that blocking. You need to get those lines down. You need to know those characters before you can start introducing tech. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would propose that these kinds of things would happen during scene runs or mm-hmm. maybe act run throughs. Yeah. But I mean, they were, can be were, go ahead. They can be helpful for an actor's process in that if they get used to all right, uh, I got to put them my jacket here and I got to say lines over that. It's really going to help me if I can get the practice in of. Mm-hmm going through this blocking and uh, getting the lines down and, you know, working with the coat and putting it on. And yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say with the costume elements, I think that kind of thing you can work in. Uh, character shoes. There's a lot of directors who insist actually on wearing the shoes you're going to be wearing. Yeah, because that show. can have a profound effect on yeah. how people move. Exactly. And, and sound as well as what, you know, the shoes might make it particular sound that you need to get used that's to. that's true i think um, it's the other technical elements like props in particular that you need to have things down for i know the first show i did I, i've talked about this uh several times the uh four player the art of the fugue where i was on playing a character on a mini golf date and at one rehearsal i think i brought in my own golf club early mm-hmm. and it was taken away from me <laughs> it was rightfully taken away from me because and... i didn't know my lines yet Ah, okay. So I'm starting to mess with props and things like that, and it's like, that's too soon. Well, yeah, that makes sense because especially if you still have a script in your hand and you're not off book yet. Yeah, I didn't have the script in my hand, but I didn't know my lines cold enough to start okay. messing with well, props. that seems reasonable. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be kind of probably counterproductive to try to work yes. with props while everybody's still holding scripts in their hand. Well, absolutely. And and even, I think, as you're first getting off book or as you're getting used to there's certain props that can be introduced earlier than others, I guess is what I'm getting mm-hmm. at. You know, if you've got food props and drinking and that kind of thing, it usually int- isn't introduced till late. Yeah. But if you can introduce it earlier just to get used to like, okay, well, how am I going to finish whatever food's in my mouth before I have my next line? Mm-hmm. How much can I put in my mouth? How much, how big of a swallow can I take with my drink? That kind of thing. It's useful to get that out of the yeah. way there's as only, soon as you can. There's only so much you can do with it, but mm-hmm. some props could be really unique and intricate and it can be beneficial to yes. just get used to working with them. Yeah. Well before tech week, but certainly, you know, not too early. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and there's also issues sometimes where you can't do that because there'll be prop rentals and that kind of thing. But yeah, you, well, do you could you have a stand in prop potentially, which that may or may not be helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, and then that would uh, eventually you work with that. You work with the sound effects as you've got them available. If you can, um, if you've got your, set down you might be able to work with some of the lighting but then you're that point you're kind of getting into tech week yeah some of some of those details like lighting for instance is that's rarely rarely done gonna happen before tech week and it's i think probably not that critical to the Mm -hmm. 
rehearsal process. Agreed. And again, you can go back to uh, episode 46 to hear us discuss Tech Week in detail. A.K.A. Hell Week. Yes. So before you actually get to that Tech Week, you're probably going to be doing uh, run-throughs of either scenes or full acts or the full show. That's probably the order in which those things will happen. Yeah. Lots and lots of repeated runs over and over yeah. and over again. I, I think generally as you go through the rehearsal process with blocking and that kind of thing, you're splitting it up into like sub-scenes. I, I think they're called French scenes when you're just dealing with part of a scene and kind of trying to divide it up into logical chunks. Yeah. Well, that also depends on the structure of the script. Sometimes mm-hmm. it may make sense to actually run scenes as defined in the oh, script yeah. if I, there I are mean, enough of them. If there's enough of them, depends on length and uh, yeah. actor availability, character, who's in what, and trying right. to make best use of everybody's time. I think we discussed that more yep. back in the directing episodes in the early like 11 or 12, somewhere in Episode there. Episode 11, I believe. Yeah. Yep. But generally, you're going to start putting that together into larger and larger chunks as you get further. Yes. And until you do that, running whatever those chunks are multiple times to kind of Mm -hmm. be able to go through it, see where the trouble spots are, give notes, uh, and then give the actors having a chance to incorporate said notes into Mm -hmm. the next run through is very critical. Yeah, it's usually most worthwhile to be able to run things at least twice in any given rehearsal because it kind of just solidifies everything to be like, okay, here's what, you know, you run through it, see how it looks. You're like, okay, here's what has to be corrected, and you run through it a second time and see if it's corrected. And if you're available, you know, if you have the time and, and everything, you can run through it a third time just to kind of lock everything in. Yeah, I think at least up until, well, full show runs, you're generally not going to run the full show twice. Well, no, night. no. I mean, but you, up until that point, it depends on the length of the show, though. Some shows are short enough you can run them twice in one rehearsal. Potentially. Yeah. But I think at least up until you get to, say, full act rehearsals, mm-hmm. it, it kind of is imperative to at least run them twice if you can. Yes, agreed. So that uh, lends itself to getting detail, getting into detail of the process of directors giving notes. And so many different ways to do that. Ugh, yeah. And I so mean, many different ways to take the notes, for that matter. <laughs> I take mean, offense? <laughs> well, no, no. So many different ways for the director to actually physically make the notes. You know what I mean? So, okay. Like, I've uh, only, in my experience, scribbled them down on a pad. Well, I have... Two different ways that I've kind of gone about it. I usually have my my script in a binder, and sometimes I'll make notes in the script itself. And then I have my uh, mini legal pad on my mini clipboard, which anybody who's worked with me is very familiar with, because <laughs> uh, I've had that at every single show, and I'll, I'll make notes on that as well. So sometimes it's in the script, sometimes it's on a side pad, and I have to note down pages and things like that. It kind of depends on if it's a specific like line note. I'm more likely to make it in the script as we get closer and closer to tech week and uh being off book my whole thing with being off book as i've told the actors is once they're off book i'm off book and because at that point it doesn't the the specific words and everything get less and less important if they're like changing a word if they're flipping two words and it still makes sense to me it gets less important so i don't have to have my nose in the book all the time and it's easier for me to look at the scene as an audience is going to see it instead yeah. of going back and forth between them and the book. Yeah. As a director, I have generally stopped looking at the script once I start running scenes. Mm-hmm. So I only use the pad. I don't write notes in the script. Okay. That's fair. I'll, uh, I'll still the, use it until they go off. I found it's the only way I can direct because I need to be watching what's happening. If I follow yeah. along in the script, I will continue to just read the script and I won't see mm-hmm. what's happening on stage. Yeah, so that's fair. I, I go back and forth on those. I can't the use the script anymore once I'm watching run rehearsals. <laughs> Basically, yeah, every director is different unless I have a question about, you know, 
what was supposed to have happened at, at a certain point mm-hmm. or what was a line supposed to be maybe. So then other than those line mistakes, and usually it's beneficial to have a line coach once yeah, the director's well, off the book to be making sure the lines are correct. I've found that having the that. stage manager serve that purpose mm-hmm. can be beneficial. If you if it's a production where the stage manager is available pretty much yep. for every rehearsal, they can be the one to follow along in the script and then sure. give line notes yep. if the director so authorizes them to do that. And that frees up the director for being able to pay attention to the action and what's going on on stage and kind of ignore the the line accuracy element. Yeah, yeah agreed. And then so other than that, you're dealing with blocking mistakes or, or I mean, sometimes it's hard to even call them mistakes because there's times that I've blocked a show. And then once we get further into when, you know, actors are off book and we've got the set and I see the blocking that I told them to do, I'll be like, you know what? It's That's not, working. not working, so we need to change that. Yeah, well, it could be, right, it could either be correcting blocking because of the actor's mistake or mm-hmm. the director or changed the their mind. Side. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's, I guess, character mistakes, you'd call them? Character, I don't want to call them mistakes. Well. Character choices. <laughs> yeah, so the job of the director is to guide the actors on. Yeah, on their journey. How to go about <laughs> presenting what they're presenting. So yes. it's. Yeah, if there's something that is it a mistake that's arguable or debatable, yeah. but if it doesn't really fit into the director's vision, then that's where it has to be. Yeah, and and at this up. point, you know, I, I'm talking later in the game where the director and the actors and everybody's discussed their vision openly, and we're kind of on the same page or should be on the same page. Mm-hmm. If the director is seeing something that an actor is doing that doesn't fit the character as they've agreed upon it, right? Or maybe it's. Maybe it's a case where the director kind of knows why the actor is doing something, but it's not conveying properly to yeah, the Yeah, not doing what they think it's doing. Right. Yes. So that's, that's I think that's one of the most important things for a director to do is yes. to, yes, we can all be on the same page about what we're trying to convey and portray here, but the Are director kind of has to it? have the reality check or present the reality check as far as how is this actually playing to the audience. Mm-hmm. And even if we know what we're trying to accomplish... The way this appears doesn't really capture that. So let's yeah. try this. Yeah. And I mean, I think that covers it pretty well with what you're doing all along is just trying to get that vision together. And you're hoping once you get up to Tech Week that those notes are going to get less and less frequent. And generally they do. Yeah. So the notes could deal with character choices. You know, maybe it could be a matter of, okay, somebody does something they weren't necessarily directed to do. Mm-hmm. Something they come up with on their own that they thought might fit. But right. it's kind of then the director's call to just say, eh, it doesn't really look right or mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem to fit the what we're going for. Or if it does, if they're trying something new, I think it's also the well, director's yeah, place that's to go, hey, that, that works really well. Yeah. And uh, that, that's a that's good instinct, a nice job. I think Keep one of that. Yeah. Yeah. One Conti- of, one remember of my, you did that and continue to do that. Yes. I think one of my failures as a director i don't want to necessarily call it a failure but one of the things that i struggle with as a director is giving those positive notes and i think that's something that's that can be very important and it really helps yeah. the actress to know that hey you're doing a really great job and yeah this specific, i really liked what you did here and that kind of thing so i think that's something that as a director it's a it's a really useful skill if you can do that i think you're like me in that you're concentrating on what to fix versus yes what's working because if it's working well then great who cares? great it's job great. guys yeah great so i do kind of usually say particularly going into tech week that i'm going if you're not hearing from me that doesn't necessarily mean that either i've given up on you because some some actors are like that if, if you don't give them notes 
they might think, well, I'm just so crappy that the director can't even bother to try they to fix. don't know what to do with me. But usually, if I'm not giving you notes, it means, hey, you're doing a good job. Yeah, if uh, <laughs> if there are problems with what you're doing, you'll know about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's definitely the way I direct, and I I've tried to improve. You know, I've, you know, I got ten. Squeaky shows wheel gets belt, the grease. That's that's pretty much what it is. You've only got so much time, and I guess that's well, yeah. another thing with with giving your notes to the actors. What do you do if you've got a rehearsal that's gone to you know like eleven thirty, twelve o'clock at night, and you haven't given notes yet? <laughs> I have emailed. Have you done email notes before? I can't remember if I have, but mm. I've certainly been involved with productions where that yeah. has been done yeah, in that's those generally, cases. That's generally what I've done is if it goes really late, I'll be like, all right, you know, look for your email, email your notes tomorrow. Unless it might make sense to go over the notes, say, before the next run through yeah, the next yeah. night or the next done rehearsal. That maybe that could be beneficial, maybe, if it has the advantage of sticking in people's heads better. Right. Refreshing it. Yeah. One thing I worry about, I guess, with if, say, you're running a certain scene twice and mm -hmm. then- if you give notes the second time, are people going to remember them whenever the next time is? Yeah. Scene? Do you, is it been your experience that, you know, people are writing down these notes a lot or they're just going, uh-huh, yeah, okay, well, yeah, you're right. I find the better actors usually do write down their own notes when you tell them what to do, particularly if it's like a blocking change or stressing a line or whatever. Right. They'll, they'll note it. They'll pull out their script and note it in there. But what if I they're have, off book by that point? They don't even still pull out touch the script. their script anymore. No, they'll still pull it out usually. I, I find that when people don't take notes, that's more often forgotten. Yeah, I think there's a greater risk of it. Yeah, and it, and it's frustrating to me when I have to give the same note over and over at every subsequent rehearsal. Be like, well, why? You know, I already asked you to do this three times. Why you're not doing? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Right, well, then you need to write it down. Right. <laughs> if you're the kind of actor that's going to remember it, then then that's fine. And yeah. and I usually am the kind of actor that will remember it. So I know, like, if I'm acting, I don't always note down the notes that are given to me. I, I usually just try to commit them to memory immediately. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, I think they stick. I don't know. If if you've directed me and they don't stick, let me know. And I'll <laughs> make a point of trying to write things down more. Uh-oh. I think the phone's ringing off the hook, Len. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, caller. No. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do want to call and tell me that, you can leave me a message at 267-225-8869. All right. Hang on a sec. What's that number again? <laughs> <laughs> you've never directed me. <laughs> You're right. This leads into another point I wanted to bring up about this as mm -hmm. far as when, uh, how persistent should a director be about giving the same notes over and over oh, again? That's such a tough one because I, I've just, I've had certain actors that it just doesn't matter how many times you give it, like, they're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. And then I might try to alter my approach and be like, okay, well, I can't get them from a two to a 10, so can I get them from a two to a five and uh, alter my approach? Yeah. Well, being a little creative. Yeah. But the advantage of doing multiple run-throughs of a scenes in a given night is to be able to see how how the directions are taken and how mm -hmm. that changes the performance from yeah. run-through one to run-through two. And it might also, it might have you making further changes to other yeah, actors. You might find, or okay, you might want to roll them back even. Well, yeah, that's a good point. It could be a matter of trying something and then, all right, yeah, it didn't work. Never mind. Or... Yeah, that was kind of the idea, but try tweaking it a little bit this mm -hmm. way. And the other thing that we're not even talking about here is, you know, you've got the director notes where you run a whole scene and then you give them notes. But there are also directors, and I've been apt to do this at times, will stop you in the middle of the scene and be like, you know, stop there. You did your blocking wrong or stop. No, let's try it. Let's go back and try this. So that's another approach to it. I I'm more apt to do that in earlier rehearsals. Mm -hmm. 
the later we get, the more likely I am to let them run through things because interrupting them kind of wrecks the flow. I've done that. If it seems like something is going to get more derailed if I don't step in, then I will. I don't really have any shame about doing that as Mm -hmm. a director. I've also found that that's a good approach for those actors that don't write down their their things well, yeah, and don't get bringing, it is to keep uh, interrupting them at the app. Bringing point. it to attention right away as yes. it's happening can maybe help it stick a little bit more yeah, rather than yeah. trying to remember back, oh, when was that? What page was that on again? Where mm-hmm. was that? And trying to remember what yeah. you were doing at that point in time. I've also been guilty of probably yelling at an actor. Ooh. Yeah. That's bad and, and that's not at all helpful. But it gets, you know, there are times I've just gotten super frustrated. I've always apologized afterwards, or at least I hope I have. I think my approach is maybe bordered on passive aggressive at times. Yeah. <laughs> but we're wonderful to work for. Really, we are. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I will cop to moments of, you know, the director has to do something dramatic to make a point. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, storm off in disgust. <laughs> I, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but... You know, taking kind of sort of a decisive action to mm-hmm. kind of make that point like this isn't going well. Yeah. It's frustrating when it when it gets to that point. But it's like I mean, playing a role as the director. Yeah. Kind of. I've actually done that. <laughs> well, it's clear that uh, nobody knows their lines here. So I guess we really can't proceed until I actually you guys have get your act together. I have done that. I've I, I I have in fact called a rehearsal early, going, all right, you know what, go home and work on your lines because mm-hmm. this is going. Yeah, I, I think I've done that at times where I said I, I you know, we're, we were supposed to do the, run this again, but mm-hmm. I, I see no value in doing that at this point. Yeah, forget it. So that kind of covers notes and most types of rehearsals. What else can we talk about in uh, the rehearsal breakdown here? Uh, we did kind of get into alternate formats and experimentation kinds mm-hmm. of rehearsals when we talked about improvisation. Yeah, we talked about um, the uh, the Italian rehearsal where you're running your lines super yeah. fast and going nuts with the blocking. Those usually aren't planned, but kind yeah. of seem to naturally fall in the middle somewhere maybe of the rehearsal process. Yeah, when to me that's kind happen. of like if something's going really well and they're ahead of the game, then I'll do the, that more fun kind of thing. Makes sense, yeah. Because yeah. it, it, if... If everything is kind of clicking in place, but maybe it could use a little something just mm-hmm. to shake things up, just to Give find new ideas. Yep. If things are developed enough at that point to warrant that approach, mm-hmm. then it makes sense to do that. Yeah. There's also line runs, which can be done, uh, you know, during the rehearsal process, and they can also sometimes be done after the show opens if lines are a little rusty. Or during set construction gatherings or during Q2Q rehearsals, which I think yeah. we mentioned in the Tech Week episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it might even make sense, you know, whenever the off-book milestone is determined, it might make sense to ha- just have a couple line run-throughs. Yeah, I mean, it's helpful. I Basically, for those unfamiliar, and I doubt anybody listening is unfamiliar, but that's just sitting around and running your lines without looking at the script. So it's yeah. essentially just rehearsing without blocking. Right. You know, if if you're at a critical point of people trying to get off book and maybe having them not worry about the blocking and the action mm-hmm. and just focusing on the lines at that point could be yes. beneficial. And I have done those during the run of a show when, you know, you have a performance where it's like, you know what, you guys were forgetting a lot of your lines. Is everybody available? Like, you know, either to come early before the next show or one day during the week to like kind of just get up. together. Yeah, brush up. Basically. Yep. Trouble spots. Mm-hmm. I have 
in figuring out an approach to rehearsals, maybe there are TBDs in there because yeah. I don't always know ahead of time when yeah, something might need extra work. Yeah, exactly. I find there's always something in there that does need extra work, and I'll I'll even put in like a rehearsal that just says trouble spots. Yeah, or that kind I've of thing. done that too. Yeah. Because you go through. I don't through, know how many directors do that, but. I, I don't know, but inevitably you're going to get some stuff that goes smoother than than other spots, and you're going to need something that requires a little more work. Sometimes you can kind of anticipate what that's going to be because, like, oh, this is really complicated. There's a lot of props and a lot of blocking going on here. They might have some trouble here. Other times it's just like, well, I don't know. For some reason they're not getting their lines here or they're not acting <laughs> here. <laughs> that kind of thing. You just don't know where it's going to be, so you're probably going to have to go over certain, well, as you say, trouble spots a little bit more than other. <laughs> okay. Here's a question. I can't, I feel like somewhere in the history of my background with theater productions that this may have come up at some point where we did a rehearsal where we swapped characters. I think so. Yeah, that sounds kind of familiar, but I'm trying to, th I mean, that's certainly something that you can do. I know we did that when I did uh, True West. Well, we, that show in particular kind of had a it kind of lends itself to, to that. it anyway because of how it's been staged. Yeah, in the past. That, that's actually been done where the characters or where, excuse me, where the actors swapped characters halfway through the run for performances. And I thought about doing that when we did it, but at just community theater just isn't set up enough to fully rehearse because you're basically rehearsing two different shows that way. Yeah, yeah. But it's we a did different dynamic. Yeah, but we did have uh, Austin and Lee swap their characters for one rehearsal. Yeah, I, that's all I kind of intended mm -hmm. that to be is sort of a rehearsal exercise. Yeah, and it does kind of give you an insight into other characters. It's it's particularly useful, I would think, if you've got two characters that interact quite a lot, yeah. which in True West, that's mostly just the two characters interacting. That's the bulk of the show. So it could give them the opportunity to step into one another's shoes exactly. and get the experience from the opposite side of the conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's. I think it's kind of a fun idea, just... There, sure. there's, there could certainly be opportunities to kind of just do certain fun things with rehearsals. Like there that. really are. And I mean, you know, we talked about some of that with the improv stuff where you can throw some improv into rehearsals. There's a lot of different things you can do. And I'm sure, you know, we're not covering barely the tip of the iceberg here for what sort of formats rehearsals can have. I sense that probably some people may look at that, though, as being counterproductive, possibly. How so? Well... Because it, you know, doing something a little bit too unusually or not necessarily focusing on the mission of trying to perfect mm -hmm. the production as it will be actually performed. Anything aside from that, some people might look at as being counterproductive. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but I'm kind of looking at things like, you know, the improv games that are attuned to either improving general acting or camaraderie among the cast, mm -hmm. or as a way to examine your character closer. Well, sometimes, you know, even warm-up exercises, maybe sometimes even yeah. certain actors don't really see the value in it. I, I mean, I'm I'm not a big person on warm-up exercises, but there's other people that just I'm not really either. And they, you know, I, I've worked with actors that absolutely do that before every single performance. They feel the need to physically warm up before everything. I like to walk the stage. That's, that's yeah. my thing when I act, but... Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to hear what other people's processes, rituals or processes or rituals, are. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. I mean, you can shoot us an email, podcast at backstage.link, to let us know. 
You could reach out to us uh, at Twitter at the Backstage Pod or Facebook facebook.com slash the backstage pod and of course you can leave us a voicemail message or a text message at 267-225-8869 that number again is 26 267-225-8869 yeah my memory is wonderful isn't it today (laughs) i didn't learn my lines i'm sorry ah well i was trying to get off book and it just didn't work (laughs) we'll have the script set up next time oh man yeah, that's what's throwing me off. I yeah. normally have that page printed out in front of me, and I don't today. I'm ruined. So I think you should fire me. Go go find a new co-host for next season. Well, we'll at least take a few months off and see if you can recover over that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it gets any better from here, Glenn. <laughs> so this brings to a close the third season of the Backstage Show. Indeed. that's yeah. uh, It's been a, a ride. It uh, has been a ride. I guess this season we well for one thing we didn't really have any uh, on-site visits. No, uh, no, no theater interviews. We recorded all these at our local residences, mm-hmm. our home residences, I should say. We did have a couple of interviews, right? We had some interviews yeah. uh, that uh, that lasted a couple episodes each. Mm-hmm. So we had those in there. We're gonna try to throw in some more of that next season. So previously, between our last, our first and. Second and second and third, we took about a month off. We're probably going to be closer to two months this time, maybe even a little bit beyond that. Yeah, believe it or not, we're kind of both, to some degree, getting involved in productions right now. So mm-hmm. we might need some time to kind of focus on that and come back to this later on. And then, hopefully, we'll have a <laughs> ton more new, fresh stories to be able to tell yes. on this podcast. Because I'm sure over the last 60 episodes, you've heard us repeating ourselves quite a bit. Oh, not True West again. Yeah. <laughs> they love to talk about that one. Well, it's the one show that we both had a lot of experience yeah, with. Yeah, that's true. And together and separately. So, <laughs> Hopefully you've enjoyed our journey this far and you'll continue to tune in and perhaps bring along some of your friends. And if there's something that you'd like us to talk about that'll get you listening more or bring your friends in, please do let us know that email again, podcast at backstage.link. We'd love to hear your ideas because there's only so much stuff that Glenn and I really know about. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> The number, of course, 267-225-8869, voicemail or text message. Uh, Hopefully we'll hear from you and gather up our episode ideas and come at you uh, probably in the fall. Yep. (laughs) 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 No more goofy impressions in season four, too. Oh, boy. But until we talk to you then, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim, and it's been a ride. (laughs) So thanks for... uh, joining us backstage for yet another season and we'll see you again soon hopefully well we won't actually see you because this is all audio yeah but we'll hear you well you'll hear us you'll hear us it's a one-way we'll sense you one-way street well it's a one-way street unless you leave us a message at 267-225-8869 bye-bye That's a good look for you. Microphone in front of your face. Welcome to the backstage show. You're shouting again. No shouting. No shouting. Try to get. Try to get. Can you break a microphone by going too loud? Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And. Hi, I'm Glenn. And. 
been replaced. <laughs> I see that. This gold, I'm glad we're getting all this. Oh, it's still going? It's still going. Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the backstage show, Knighton. <laughs> Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim, and welcome to the backstage show. Season finale. <gasps> Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the backstage show. <laughs> Why do you sound so pissed off? Hi, I'm Glenn. <laughs> I'm Jim, damn it. Welcome to another crappy episode of the backstage show. <laughs> Q special season finale theme. Crap. <laughs> let, me, let me say that again. But hopefully you've enjoyed our journey thus far, and you'll continue to tune in and... Clank. And the damn episode already. <laughs> <laughs>